Sup, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. It's been a little while. It's been a few weeks. Um, I've had some weird stuff going on at my house, but we're back. I've got Hockey Sam, Sam Quiet, back with me. He'll join me in a second, and we're going to get you all set for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the Stanley Cup. I was about to say Stanley Cup playoffs, but the Stanley Cup, Sam. Yep, the Stanley Cup Finals coming up starting Monday night in Las Vegas. And it is Memorial Day weekend right now. Are you enjoying your holiday weekend, Sam? I am. It's it's nice, you know, Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, and I don't have to wake up tomorrow morning bright and early. Yeah, good stuff. It's a, it's always a fun weekend, and to have all these great sports going on is just, uh, you know, the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae. Yep. You enjoy the uh, the soccer game yesterday? Oh, that was great! Uh, you see the Gareth Barrels goal? I I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> you, you need to go see the highlights. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. He had potentially one of the best goals I have ever seen—a bicycle kick from uh, the top of the box off a pass that was a, a solid yard behind him. And I could not believe this when he scored it, and the reaction from everyone in the stadium, his own teammates, his coach. You know, the media, it, it was a truly fantastic goal, almost in a league of its own. Um, so if you get a chance, I highly recommend you go watch it. I highly recommend everyone just watch the highlights from yesterday, uh, the UEFA Champions League final, and you will be blown away by his first goal. I will absolutely get around to watching those highlights at some point. There's been so much going on, Sam, with basketball, and now we have two Game 7s coming up, baseball, and now like also all the spring television shows are wrapping up. So there's been so much great stuff on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot on, you know, and in two weeks we're going to have the Belmont Stakes with <laughs> Justify running to be the next Triple Crown winner. That's an overlooked story right there as well that, that is but you know as as we get closer i think it'll be talked about more you know yeah they say they, they haven't seen a horse like justify you know since american pharaoh and then before that they said you know these two are in a league of their own sam uh let me ask you real quick and then i want to tell you briefly about what will be coming up on the podcast over the next few days it's going to be a busy weekend here memorial day weekend a lot of people have time off. Great time to get people onto the podcast. Uh, what have you been watching outside of sports lately? Uh, not much. Been reading more so than watching. Um, just a couple of different books. Uh, let's see, what's the last thing I actually watched on TV? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I see people watching Mad Men all the time, so I'll occasionally catch an episode of that. Um, you know, but other than hearing about the accolades of Don Draper, you know, from Mad Men, not yeah. much. <laughs> I gotcha. But have you been watching the basketball? I've been seeing highlights, you know, when it pushes across my phone. I know LeBron's been going off. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, you know, can he really hold, you know, an entire team back, you know, in Game 7 in Boston? It's going to be very tough for him. Um, I know in the Western Conference... Uh, there was questions about Kevin Durant and where he went for game three, I think it was. And then Clay Thompson showed up. And I think in one of the best interviews I've ever seen, when asked about his game six performance, one of the reporters asked, Clay, are you, were you born for this moment? And Clay responded, you know, I wasn't born for it, but 
Yeah, I showed up in it, so you could say I was born for it. <laughs> what I was just like, what a, what a great answer. <laughs> it was a great answer. Um, what percentage of the country do you think is rooting to see a different finals matchup this year? Oh, like 70%? Think, oh, yeah. Everyone? Oh, I'd say more. You know, I'd say if you're outside of... Yeah, the outside neighbor, of the fan bases, we're not... Yeah. You know, and I, I'd say you're hard pressed to find people, you know, that are out there actively rooting for another golden state Cleveland matchup. You know, they, they can try to claim that, Oh, come on. It's another rematch. You know, let's see it. It would be so great to see, but it's not the same Cleveland team that was no. there last year, or the year before, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's LeBron and I mean, what Kyle Corver are the only ones left. <laughs> I mean, uh... I, that's the thing. I, I can't tell you who else. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, but, but yeah, pretty isn't, much. Isn't Love out? Uh, yeah, out, he is. In, or at least for Game Seven, he's yep. injured. You know, if they go to the finals, who knows? J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. J.R. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, he... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if J.R. You does not want to be your big three, the core of your team. Tristan Thompson, no. J.R. Smith. <laughs> at this stage in J.R. Yeah, Smith's that's... career. Yeah, you know, he's he's a three-point shooter, you know, he's had a very solid career, you know, it's nice when he actually finds a t-shirt that he likes and keeps it on, but. (laughs) All right, well, let me just tell you real quick about what's going to be coming up on the podcast, and then I'm going to tell you, Sam, real quickly about a personal business endeavor that I'm working on right now. Uh, So first, coming up on the podcast, I'm going to be talking with Alex Stahl, Sam. Really? Yeah. Um, your uh, fraternity brother back in the day, uh, really great guy, and we're gonna recap the series finale of the TV show The Middle. <laughs> I can honestly say I have never seen that show. <laughs> it's a good show. It, well, it was a good show, so that should be a lot of fun. We haven't done anything outside of sports on this podcast yet, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, that should be coming out sometime this week. And I keep, I've, I've teased several times that my sister is eventually going to join me for reality TV podcasting. This may be the week with The Bachelorette premiere on Monday night and the Survivor finale last week. Sam, are, you aren't a Bachelorette watcher. Not a Bachelorette, not a <laughs> watcher of Survivor. Um, I, know so, I know someone who works on the cast as Survivor. Ooh. Uh, one of the crews there. Um, I have no idea what he does, and it, it may be he's he's Australian. It may just be Australian's version of Survivor. Oh yeah, that's a big hit. It's it's like they've. Yeah. Had, I think this is going to be the fourth season of Australian Survivor. Yeah, like, people like it. There are people. Yeah. there are U.S. fans that watch it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I guess I don't watch enough TV to you know know how great <laughs> of a show it is. Well, these are the reality TV nuts that I am somewhat a part of. I guess not. I'm not like 100% like a lot of these people. I don't watch all these shows, but um, I watch them a little more casually than most, I'd say. Gotcha. And Sam, lastly, I'm just going to tell you real quick and our audience. So if anyone, here's a new thing. If you have textbooks... Um, there's a good chance that you you were like me in college, even in high school, you spent a lot of money on textbooks. Now they're just sitting around in your attic, in your basement, and you got nothing to do with them. 
well, look no further. I am selling textbooks for people and taking a cut of the money. I'll package them up. I'll ship them out. So if you are interested in having me do that, you can tweet at me at Velvita7, V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7. Does that sound like a good business endeavor for me, Sam? Uh, I can't speak to that matter because the last <laughs> textbook I had, I lit on fire. <laughs> that was All my right. glorious way of going out. Do you think anyone's going to light anything on fire after their team wins or loses the Stanley Cup? You like that transition there? <laughs> Very nice. Um, <laughs> no one will be lighting anything on fire because you cannot burn down Washington, D.C., the fans of DC know that. So when they are angry after losing the Stanley Cup Finals, yes, that's right. Vegas is going Whoa. to win. Whoa! They will, they will not burn down their city because I, I think they know better than that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think their fan base, to be honest, is passionate enough in that sense, like Vancouver, where they will light it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Vegas won't light anything on fire because they'll be all too drunk. Yeah. There's uh, there's truth to that. I also think if Vegas were to lose, I feel like those fans are going to be really laid back um, yeah. and also just satisfied with what they accomplished. Yeah, I mean, it's been a tremendous season. You know, it's the story of overachieving, you know, breaking down, you know, kind of just great performances. Their entire season has been one spectacular performance. It has been. So, Sam, your immediate thoughts on just looking at this matchup on paper, how the conference finals went. I'll, I'll just give you uh, the balls in the puck is in your rink. I'll let you do whatever you want here. It's on my stick. Got it. Yeah. I'll clean up that analogy for you there. Right, <laughs> Thank so you. Just diving in, you know. By the numbers, it's a, it's a great series on paper, and it will play out to be a great series. Uh, these teams have met twice before this season. The first time they met in Vegas, uh, Vegas shut them out 3 nothing. It was Marc-Andre Fleury's first shutout as a member of the Golden Knights. Uh, the second time they met in Washington, Vegas was losing 3-1 to and came back to win that game late in the game. Uh, it was also important to note, though, that was when Braden Holtby was out injured in Philip Grubauer was playing. So a little bit different of a goaltending matchup this time. You know, Holtby comes into the series as even hotter than Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs right now, which is hard to believe, even though Fleury has been beyond outstanding in the playoffs. And when you see his numbers, he's when less than a, a little over a goal and two thirds a game, 1.68. He has a 947 save percentage, you know, so you can put up 40 shots and you'll be lucky to get two past them. I mean, he's 12 and three. Uh, he's looking for a three peak himself for the Stanley cup finals, winning it the last two years with Pittsburgh. And while he's been absolutely outstanding, Braden Holtby has not let in a goal in nearly 140 minutes of hockey. Shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning in game six and seven. And the last goal he gave up in game five was early into the second period. So his confidence is sky high and he's playing just out of his mind right now, standing on his head, helping his team win games. Um, also, when you look on paper, some things that stand out to me, Capitals power play has been dangerous in the playoffs to say the least. Uh, they're at 29% just about, uh, you know, and Vegas has had their fair share of trouble staying out of the penalty box. And while Vegas's PK is above 82% for the playoffs, that will be a great matchup. You know, when Vegas takes a penalty, as they inevitably will, 
Um, one big thing to keep in mind in this series is that Vegas has played four less games in the playoffs and are not coming off of a game seven. And while there's been plenty of time for the Capitals to rest since game seven on Wednesday night, you know, five day layoff in between, uh, they, they definitely could be tired. They've gone through very grueling and physical series against Columbus and Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Um, They've taken a lot of hits. They've also given out a lot of hits. Uh, neither of these teams are scared when it comes to throwing their body around. Uh, in the playoffs, Vegas is putting up 28 hits a game, Washington 31. And in the series against Tampa Bay, uh, there was a couple games there where Washington had 40-plus hits in each game. Uh, so it will be a fun physical series to watch. I don't think there'll be as much goal scoring as you would expect for how high power offense these teams have. Uh, right. Washington has the number one and number two play point getters in the playoffs right now with the Kenny Kuznetsov and Alexander Vechkin. Uh, after that, uh, the next best would be Nicholas Backstrom and John Carlson, each with 16. TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, Tom Wilson. Uh, jumping over to the Vegas side of things, Jonathan Marcichaud leads the way with 18 points. Riley Smith was 16, and after them is their line. It'd be a great top battle matchup, you know, with Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and Wilson against Marcher Show, Smith, and Carlson. Here's a question I got for you. I know a lot. The Vegas story has been a huge national story. There's actually two questions I have related to this topic. The first one is. Do you think with Vegas in there and also the star power of Ovechkin and the Capitals finally breaking through and getting to the Stanley Cup, do you think that the television ratings could up from last year or do you think they're going to remain about the same? I think they could definitely go up. Um, I think it kind of depends on what we get in the NBA finals, to be honest. Ooh. Uh, I, I think if we see another Celtics warrior or Cavaliers warriors matchup, you know, there may be a little bit lesser ratings. I think what most of the country wants is two new teams in the NBA finals, but they're not necessarily interested in watching the two new teams. Yeah. They, they would yeah. love to see the Curry LeBron matchup again, just because that's what sells, you know, it, it, it would be great to have, you know, Boston and Houston in the finals, but they don't pull like the Warriors and the Cavs do. And I think seeing the show in Vegas, the pregame show, watching that could be a little bit more pull and seeing, you know, Vegas going nuts and Washington going nuts could be a little more pull than watching, you know, James Harden beat up on the Celtics. Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely... Um, I definitely think that there could be a correlation there. And I think, I really do think that Vegas is pulling in a lot of people from the outside with how great their underdog story has been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Uh, they're fun to watch. You know, Mark Andre Fleury always has a smile on his face, the little antics he has in the games. You know, during uh, the conference finals, there was a fight behind his net. And Blake Wheeler was pinned there backwards on the net. And you just see Fleury take his glove off, stick his finger out, and just start tickling Blake Wheeler's <laughs> ear just because he wants to get involved in the action. And the whole time, he just has this big smile on his face. <laughs> so, I, I mean, they're just a fun team to watch is what it is. You know, they're constantly enjoying themselves out there. They move the puck well. They make the game fun for everyone involved. 
and it really shows through the TV and it just puts a smile on your face as well. Absolutely. And um, that Capitals Lightning series was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun going to seven. I got something to share with you about that game. Um, and then I'll give you that question that I was going to give you earlier. So I was just hanging out with some guys from my Bible study. Came over, um, I believe that was Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night. And um, so we're just chilling. And I'm like, and they think they're coming over to watch the Celtics game. And I have the Celtics game on the small screen and game seven on the big screen with big uh, game seven mic'd up. I mean, I have it, uh, the, vol- the volume on that game, not on the basketball game. And they're like, what, what, like, what the heck? And I'm like, just watch, watch this game seven. Like, you're going to enjoy this a lot more than the basketball game because how many of these NBA games have actually been close? Not a lot of them. So, uh, by the end of the night, they were like, this is awesome. This is great. Playoff hockey is better than playoff basketball at this point. Oh yeah. I would say regular season hockey is better than regular season basketball, but then again, I'm completely biased. No, playoff hockey is always great, and if you like playoff hockey, what I would recommend is watch some college hockey, Uh, because one thing that usually sells people, you know, is just the physicality of the game. You know, the intensity is ramped up to a whole nother level in the playoffs, especially in a do-or-die game seven. And so, you know, that's kind of the way it always is for college hockey. You know, it's always a lot quicker of a pace, a lot harder, heavier hits, you know, the same great skill level. And it's just a lot of fun. Plus, not to mention to go to those games and watch them live is always a heck of a lot cheaper than the NHL, naturally. How many college games have you been to? Like, how many different venues have you been to for college? Uh, a, a decent amount. Uh, let's, I mean, some out in Boston, Notre Dame. I uh, went to the 2017 uh, Frozen Four Championships in Chicago. Um, I went in 2008 in Denver. Uh, we used to have season tickets to the University of Denver Pioneers when I was growing up. Um, so that was a lot of fun, you know, being able to sit up close on the glass there. Uh, not as many college venues as NHL venues, uh, but definitely uh, my fair share of college hockey games. Why'd you want to play college hockey? Isn't it obvious? <laughs> girls? <laughs> I'm serious, Cloxy. Why'd you want to play college hockey? Because I love the game. I wanted to go pro like everyone else. <laughs> uh, I, I won't finish that bit uh, for time's sake. There we but... go. But that, that's a nice transition. I mean, yeah. How, how, do, how do you think this would compare, you know, with those boys there, you know, with the 1980s U.S. men's Olympic gold team? That's a great question, Sam. Um, should I give that question to you? Should I just turn that back over to you? <laughs> I want to hear from sort of an outsider's okay. perspective. You know, I mean, obviously, we all know the story of it. You know, the underdogs, U.S. Soviets, you know, Lake Placid, New York, a bunch of college hockey kids who've been playing together for less than a year. You know, they take down the red machine. They take down the best team in the world. So, you know, that story with all its greatness, how do you think the greatness of the Vegas story compares? Well, I mean, see, the problem is when you compare things like this, I feel like we end up saying, well, this isn't as good because of this or and I don't want to like knock one down in any regard. Um, I would just say that I think that the Miracle on Ice is the greatest sports underdog story in the history of mankind. Um, However, 
this Vegas team has been so awesome. And um, I'm actually, I don't know exactly what point they were 500 to one. Um, do you know when that was, when they were 501 odds? That, at what point? Yeah, that, that was before the season began. Yeah, but was that that was after the expansion draft, right? Oh, yeah, that was after the expansion draft, yeah, when uh, the odds makers in Vegas went, all right, well, what are they? They're 500 to 1. You know, the caps, <laughs> I think, were 9 to 1 at the time. Yeah, and so... Uh, so, yeah, it's an unbelievable underdog story that just against all odds, truly... And I love the irony of it all is that if they win, Vegas is going to lose money <laughs> if their own hockey team wins. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I agree. I don't think it quite lives up to the 1980 story just because, you know, there was so much more going on at the time. You know, it's, it was amateurs versus professionals. Here you at least have professionals versus professionals, you know. Yeah. You have yeah. one of the best goalies in the league right now, you know, on Vegas, uh, some great scorers, you know, but it is the story of, you know, as they've called themselves, the misfits, the rejects, you know, these were guys that were not wanted by their current team. And some of them, their team even negotiated to send them away so that they wouldn't lose players they thought were more valuable. And so, I mean, it's huge motivation for these guys to go out and overperform, you know, and just break the odds, beat everyone's expectations. And it's an incredible story. And one guy I think that uh, to keep your eye on in the series will be Nate Schmidt, as he was the guy that Washington did not protect and Vegas took. And he's on Vegas's top D pairing. Um, He's a big guy who can skate the puck. Uh, He's got a great shot. His feet get moving very quick. And when he starts moving, there's a lot of speed behind him. And look out because he'll go right around the defenseman before he knows what's going on. That's going to be fun. I think that's a great story to look for. Um, the other thing I will say about Vegas, it's like they're a, it's like a sports movie in the making, basically. The Island of Misfit Toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's yeah. been amazing. It it definitely is. Um, and I saw it came across my news feed the other day from ESPN. They asked the Vegas players if they made a movie about them, who would play who. Um, I didn't see who the answers were yet. I still have to go back and look, but I think that could definitely be, you know, a Hollywood script in the future. Yeah, it's going to be a competition for who can get their name on the project first, I think. Yeah. It seems like the second after the Cubs won the World Series, it was like there were like five different books written about the Cubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people want to people want to take that story as fast as they can before someone else can get a hold of it. Before I think someone else happen. can. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a limited time for when you can cash in, you know, on greatness nowadays. Sam, I want to talk uh briefly about that game 7. Um cuz that was huge for Washington to finally, I mean, just to get to the conference finals was big to get past the Penguins. I I believe we were still the last time we talked was during the semifinals. So, yep. um, and la- the other thing we got a we got a fight in Game Seven. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen often. I no, they, they were uh, Coburn and Wilson were not happy with each other, and they were ready to duke it out. I'm so happy they did too, because I, I mean I'm sure for your friends who were there watching yeah. with you, 
you know, they come right out of the box, just drop the gloves and go in it. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. What is this? Yeah. Did they both come out of the penalty box at the same time? Yep. Yeah, yes, that's it. Both were in the box for <laughs> incidental roughings, I believe. And they just kept yapping at each other the entire time. And once they got out of the box, it was, <laughs> you know, ring the bell. Let's get this thing started. It was funny because about maybe 10, 15 minutes later, there were um, technical fouls assessed in the NBA game. And you probably didn't see that, but uh, Larry Nance Jr. got up and he just bumped Marcus Morris. And then Terry Rozier came in and they started pushing each other. And then that was it. And it's like, it's like in the NBA, it's an, it's a show of who can act the toughest where the NHL, it's like, all right, who actually is going to be the toughest? Let's talk about that game seven. You know, I mean, the fight was great. Um, one thing Washington did really well in games six and seven is they limited the amount of shots that actually got through to Holpe. Um, and it's something that Barry Trotz has stressed to this team throughout the playoffs. And they started uh, picking them up on it and really blocking shots and doing what they can to protect their net. So in game six, you know, Holpe only had to make 24 saves. Game seven, he faced less than 30 shots on goal. Um, you know, they're doing a great job at blocking shots uh, in game six. The Capitals combined to block 20 shots. I mean, that's huge. You know, the difference between 25 shots on goal and 45 can be huge in a two nothing game. Um, and then in game seven, they were blocking shots again. And their defenseman, John Carlson, who's an unrestricted free agent after this year, a lot of questions regarding him. You know, where will he go? Does Washington have the money to keep him? Um, he's having a great playoffs right now. And he's just keeps, he just keeps racking up the money really is what he's doing. Yeah. Um, game, game seven, he had five block shots alone. Um, it's incredible how the contributions Washington's getting, you know, up and down the lineup, their secondary scoring, not just Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, but in game seven, Andre Burakovsky, you know, a second line guy, third line guy, you know, has the two biggest goals in Washington playoff history, potentially on the breakaways. Um, you know, it's, they're just getting a lot of support all around from people. Are the, is the Capitals window closing? Do they need to win this one? Or do you think they have a chance next year? I, I think this is it. I think that window is closing quickly for Ovechkin. Um, but he is a great team around him this year. And like we've said in the past, he's taken out all the frustrations from other years in one playoff run. And I, I really do hope he wins it. He deserves a cup. I just, I don't see them being able to pull it out. You know, I went against Vegas once in these playoffs at the beginning saying that they would lose to Nashville in the conference finals. Obviously Nashville didn't make it that far, but even after losing at home in game one, four to one, they came back to sweep uh, the Winnipeg Jets to advance to the finals. And I just don't see them slowing down. They have a great fan base behind them. That building gets loud T-Mobile arena. It's a ruckus. And I think it definitely helps uh, Vegas start fast. Um, Vegas likes to start fast. They like to play fast. They like to move the puck well. And they're going to have to do it to beat Washington. All right. Here's a, here's a fun question for you, Sam. So for those who may not follow hockey as closely, I know some people are listening to this and they're honestly just wanting to know what they should be watching in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, but if you did not know this, the Nashville Predators, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Sam, but 
each game they bring out a different country singer um, to sing the national anthem, and it, it's a mystery each time, I believe. Yep, that is correct. So Nashville, you know, being known as Smashville, the Music City, you know, the Country yeah. Music Hall of Fame. Uh, so naturally, during the regular season, they have an actual anthem singer. Yeah. But for the playoffs, yep. uh, they'll have that anthem singer come out to do O Canada. But for the Star Spangled Banner, they will bring out a special guest. So one thing that was huge for them is in... Hang on, uh, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Here's my question for you, Sam, and then you can. Yeah, I want to. I want to know your favorite because I know you love country music, and I do too. Your favorite rendition of the national anthem from these playoffs in Nashville. So the one I like most isn't so much about the uh, the song, the rendition itself. It was Carrie Underwood in Game Two of Round Two, and the reason why I liked it so much is when they came up. After Winnipeg won game one, Winnipeg beat Nashville bad in game one. And Nashville knew they needed something to get the crowd going and get the crowd behind them. Yeah. They needed a big momentum turn. And nothing gets Nashville going more crazy, those Predator fans, than Carrie Underwood. Yep. That they absolutely love her. You know, it helps that her husband's on the team. Uh, but they absolutely love her and they go nuts. So naturally, after that game one loss, I was thinking, all right, they have to bring Carrie Underwood out for game two. I know they want to try to save her for the Stanley Cup yeah. finals if they get back, but you need the momentum swing. And so when they announced her singing the national anthem, all I could think of was, yep, it's going to be a good game for Nashville. And of course, you know, they went out, they beat them that game, and it definitely helped change the tide of the series. But unfortunately, Nashville couldn't hang on. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to get any more of those. But my favorite. Uh, performance from these playoffs is actually maybe a little bit of an unpopular opinion. You want to guess? Uh, was it the one when oh, um, Lady Antebellum messed yes. up the anthem? Yes. They. Um, I, I actually didn't see that one yet. I just know they had a mistake in the anthem, but I haven't actually gone back and listened to it. So they got some words wrong. It was a little hiccup. It wasn't horrible. But the way they sounded, it, they just sounded amazing. The three singers in unison mm-hmm. together, um, I mean, yeah, Hillary they're, Scott. They're I, I, I love listening to them. You know, they've got great voices. Anything they do is usually incredible. And um, I'm a big, uh, big Brad Paisley fan. But um, did you, I don't know if you saw him sing the national anthem at the World Series last year. But I actually like that more than the one he did in Nashville because he played his electric guitar while he was doing it. Yeah, I, I remember that one now. Yep, that one was great. Yeah, I always love it when they come out and they kind of jazz it up a little bit. You know, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of showmanship. Yeah, me which too. Is, which is why Vegas pregame is so great because they have a full show set up. Yeah, you know, with projectors and everything. Uh, so I, I'll be excited, you know, in Vegas during the pregame ceremony, I'm excited to see 16 teams banners on the ice and see 14 of them get shot down. I'm excited to see, you know, all right, Vegas has gone through the Kings first, you know, they conquered the Kings, then they conquered the beast of the water, the sharks, then they conquered the air. Now it's time to rush the capital. I love it. You know, and, and conquer everything. So I, I, this show tomorrow night, Monday night will be a great one. It will be, and I'm going to have to record The Bachelorette and not see that one live, unfortunately. Uh, oh, you, you poor soul. 
<laughs> no, I'll be watching that. I'll probably, and I'm going to have to have game seven on the other screen. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But Sam, let's get to, uh, I, you, you, you talked a little bit of picks, but your prediction for this series is what? My predict, my prediction for this series is Vegas and six. And I hate saying it in six because Vegas has not won a series yet at home. All of their series wins have been on the road, whether in LA, in San Jose, or in Winnipeg. I would love to see them win it in five or seven, preferably seven if they're going to win it at home, just because a game seven in Vegas would be incredible. But I think Vegas wins it on the road in game six. Um, One of the big reasons why I think they'll do it in six is looking at Washington's playoff run at home Washington on the road has been the best road team they've had to play more road games than Vegas but that's because Washington has struggled to win at home in the playoffs Um, just for both of the teams Vegas on this year on the playoffs they are six and one at home and six and two on the road so they just keep winning Washington is eight and two on the road so those games in Vegas will be great games yeah but the the problem for Washington is they're four and five at home Interesting. And, and four out of those five losses have come in games one and two against Columbus. So at, right at the start before then they won four straight, you know, including three of them on the road. And then against Tampa Bay in the conference finals, you know, after winning the first two on the road in Tampa Bay, everyone, oh, wow, Washington could blow through Tampa Bay, you know, in five or six games. Then they go home and they lose games three and four, you know, a chance to go home and close out the series. And they fail to pick up a win, you know, and then they have to go back and win two games on the road. So it will be interesting to see what happens when the series series shifts to Washington for games three and four. Um, I have for game. I have games one and two. I have Vegas winning one, Washington winning two, Vegas winning three. Washington winning four, and then I have Vegas, though, taking the next two. And, you know, Washington may lose both road games um, and then go back to Vegas maybe and starve them out for one more game. Uh, But then, you know, I have Vegas winning it in six in Washington. Interesting. So, wait, uh, let me just backtrack for a second. Coming into these playoffs – I had Vegas coming out of the West, and did you You had the Capitals coming out of the East, right? I, I had the Caps coming out of the East, yep. And neither we didn't have either team winning, right? Both of our champs are out? Uh, yep, yeah. I had Nashville, and who did you have? Boston. <laughs> Boston, yeah. Yeah. So That's all right. Both, both of our champs went down in the second round. Hey, we, we, we did a pretty good job on calling yeah, the conference we, champions. We got half. I mean, you know, yeah. not many people were predicting Vegas to actually make it all the way through. And, and yeah, I would say even less people were actually predicting Washington to make it through. Yeah. And we put our we put our heads together well on that. And that's why yeah. people like listening to the show. So my pick, Sam, is I just have a feeling this one's going to seven games. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like... Oh man, I could really, really see it going either way. Um, You know, it's a lame opinion to have. I mean, I'm picturing, but but, you know, with both teams being so skilled, you know, with great goaltending, you know, with Washington's ability on the road to just close out games, you know, I mean, it definitely could go seven games. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could go either way. 
Yeah, and I think that would be really interesting because then you have the Capitals on the road and Ovechkin in a Game 7 in a Stanley Cup. I think that would be amazing TV. That could be one of the highest-rated hockey games that you've had in a while. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it definitely could. This is what makes the NHL playoffs so great is that, you know, you really can't get up there and say, no, this team's going to win the series. The other team has no chance. I mean, as it should be, at least for any league in the finals, you know, there should never be a, a winner before it even starts. You know, so, I mean, the NBA can do the same thing. You know, I mean, any of these four yeah. teams that make it to the finals have a chance. But, you know, in the first and second round, you know, if, if you get what I mean, who'd Houston play in the first round? Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, they actually could have a chance, but I think we all knew in the end Minnesota wouldn't get through. Um, who'd, who'd Golden State play? They played the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard. Okay, that one right from the start. Yeah. Go. All right, down they go. Yep. Yep. And I mean, like, I think, um, really, I think a team, the only chance for it to be interesting is if the Rockets win the West because we haven't seen LeBron against that Rockets team. And even the Celtics, I think, could be really interesting against the Rockets. But I think if Golden State gets there, we, I mean, the two best teams are playing each other right now in the Western Conference Finals. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a very good chance that, uh, especially if Golden State wins tomorrow night, they're going to win another title. But yeah, yeah, NHL has an unpredictability factor. And here is what my prediction is. I'm going to say Capitals and seven. All right. I like it. Dicey. Taking a chance. I think Ovechkin finally breaks through. And I think that even though Vegas may come up short, um, which I think, again, I think either story would be great. Um, We're going to have a great cup regardless of what the outcome is. Um, Just in terms of the storytelling, we're going to have a great story. Um, But... I will say that I think that Vegas can't hang their heads um, if they lose. Going, they'll they'll be happy just to get there. Um, I know they're not satisfied yet, but they'll be able to look back at, um, with their heads held high at what they accomplished this past year and what they have going into the future too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a spectacular year for Vegas. Even their own management. You know, their original prediction was playoffs in three years, championship in six years. I mean, to be in the finals in one year is incredible. Plus, the team has, you know, after they sign uh, Nate Schmidt and William Carlson, you know, to longer contracts with bigger money, they'll still have, you know, $10 million in cap space to play with it. I mean, there's a big name in Eric Carlson that's out on the free agent market, you know, another star defenseman. Like that, I mean, it's incredible. You know, this Vegas team could definitely be back in this situation, sort of forming their own dynasty in a way. Is Ilya Kovalchuk possibly coming back to the NHL? I believe he has agreed to terms with the Rangers. Oh. um, But I don't think they can put paper, uh, ink to paper, until July 1st. Sam, did you see the quote from ESPN.com about the, from, I believe, uh, the owner, Foley is the owner of the team, right? For Vegas? Yeah, Pat Foley. Did you see this quote about um, what the (laughs) reasonable expectations were for this season? 
Uh, I did not. What, what was it? All right, let me read this to you, and then we will sign off for now. ESPN.com asked, um, asked him, what is a win for you this season? And here's his response. We don't have high expectations for this year. We're going to be competitive. If we're going to lose a game, we'd like to lose by a goal or two, not lose by five or six. We don't want to be a walkover team. We want to be competitive. We want to be entertaining on the ice. We want to score some goals. We have some really good players, but we're not deep like a lot of teams are in terms of four lines of forwards and two or three lines of defensemen. But we got some really good players in the expansion draft. So we just need to do well for a couple years, then make the playoffs in three years as we start transitioning in some of these young guys like Shea Theodore, um, Jake Bischoff, and Alex Tuch? Tuch? Tuck. 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 Um, will be pretty good in three years and will make a run in five or six. Yeah, I mean, he's got two of the three guys that he mentioned there, you know, are on this roster and are making great impacts. Shea Theodore's had a very solid playoff. Alec Tuck has been incredible speed. I had no idea he was that fast until this year and these playoffs especially he is just blowing past guys his hands are incredible he had one goal against winnipeg where he dangled through four guys on winnipeg and snapped the puck off i mean the four checking pressure is great for uh, vegas and it led to another spectacular goal for tuck um i mean yeah like they said their expectations were not that high yeah they could as long as they don't get swept they'll be happy with this year you know to get there and get swept kind of just puts the bad taste in your mouth right but it's been a great year for vegas they have a lot of hope for the future they have a lot of bright years ahead of them and it's incredible for the nhl and it also provides hope for seattle who should be the next team next city to get an nhl team here in a couple of years yeah, where are we at with that, quickly, with Seattle? Uh, real quickly, I think it's unofficially, officially been approved. Uh, they just need to wait for the announcement. Good for Seattle. Good for them, because they lost the Supersonics, and that was horrible, and they need... I, I'm still upset about that. They need to get the Supersonics back somehow. Yeah, Um well, they won't get the Supersonics back in a hockey team. What they will get is the Seattle Totems, though. Ooh. Okay. So we'll we'll see kind of like a totem pole wood bird eagle sort of as the logo. That's Interesting. What I'm expecting. And with the emerald green jerseys. I like it. I like it. I like it, yep. There, and there's that... a bunch of... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that quote about the Golden Knights. When I read that last week, I audibly laughed out loud. I love that. It was great. (laughs) You know, you read it now and you're like, oh, you're too humble. (laughs) So, all right. You you were saying about Seattle and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, uh, Seattle should have a team. My guess is, what is it, 2018? My guess is the 2020-2021 season will probably be their first year. So two more seasons. And then they'll be in the league. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great atmosphere for a team. Mm-hmm. They have good fans. I, I think it will pick up. You know, I think they'll win over a bunch of the football fans up there and kind of how they have the 12th man up there. Yeah. 
um, you'll kind of get the seventh man there in Seattle at the hockey rink. And back when the Mariners were really good, <laughs> I mean, this was when we were young, but the yeah. Kingdom was rocking back in the day when they had Griffey and Edgar Martinez and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Randy Johnson. Yep. But, all right, Sam, uh, Any anything else you want to add just about the series? Anything else, or do you want to wrap up? Uh, go Knights go. Please don't prove <laughs> me wrong. Um, don't make me lose to Jack. <laughs> and... Yeah, you know, I mean, if the Vegas odd makers want to do me a favor, you know, and all of a sudden make the Knights an underdog, I will be happy to put that <laughs> in. But unfortunately, they're not making it easy on me. Yeah, you didn't uh, You didn't strike when the iron was hot. No, but I didn't strike when the iron was hot. I, you know, I struck for a couple hundred dollars for the Real Madrid-Liverpool uh, game. You know, that was great. I, my brother's in Vegas right now, and I sent him a bunch of money Friday night to put a bet down for me. So I was very happy with that result. Congratulations. Uh, you know, thank you. But looking at the hockey odds, I went, man, they're, they're not doing me any favors here. I don't want to <laughs> risk this much for that little. All right. Well, Sam, uh, lastly, anything you want to promote, uh, Twitter, Instagram handle, or no thanks on that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll pass. I'll try to get my Twitter active again, you know, go a little bit, harder on it i guess okay before you give it out yeah you know i mean it's out there you're not gonna find much on it but okay all right well thanks so much sam it's been a lot of fun talking to you during these playoffs maybe we'll do this one i mean maybe we'll do this when the cup is over there'll be a lot to talk about then yeah we'll see what we find you know we could kind of do a free agent the uh yeah. you know nhl awards sort of you know mid mid-summer update yeah that'll be a lot of fun because so. we'll def we'll definitely have the colville chuck update by then oh yes yes we will all, all right. right thanks again sam thank you all right i'll talk to you soon uh, bye so there you guys have it sam quiet hockey sam as i like to call him uh at the moment once again Returning to the podcast, bringing the heat, getting me hyped for the Stanley Cup. It's going to be a great one. I hope all of you enjoy it. As I mentioned before, I hope to have some other podcasts out this week on the series finale of The Middle, uh, The Bachelorette premiere, um, hopefully, and uh, the Survivor finale with my sister. And then um, eventually going to get Evan Myers and Jordan Mordini back on here to talk NBA Finals with those coming up soon. Um, so there's a lot still going on in the world of sports. And then as as the uh, we start to be done with a lot of stuff for the summer, um, we'll definitely talk some baseball. Um, I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. So we'll absolutely keep talking baseball. But I hope to do some fun stuff this summer um, with a couple of months down a little bit. Not a lot going on. Um, also thank you for your patience with me over the last month. Haven't had a whole lot of time to podcast my house. Um, we were getting our floors done and it took longer than expected we had to move the router and I wasn't able to podcast for a few weeks. So we're back now. Um, and thank you again to everyone who has been tuning in. Your support means the world to me. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you haven't done so, you can subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes, 
Um, we're actually getting stuff up on YouTube now, so we're having other ways that you can check us out. Follow us on Podbean. Appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the feedback. Tweet me anytime at Velvia7. Tweet your thoughts on stuff we cover in this podcast. Any uh, comments on the questions that I gave to Sam today? Um, your favorite national anthem performance ever? Um, whatever it may be, tweet those at me or comment. And um, other than that, I'm done for now. We'll talk to you soon. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>